everybody herb mom here in the middle of the night feeling a little crazy thinking about herbs all hyped up on yerba mate and green tea chai thinking about my goodness telling herb stories and having you out there listen to the herb stories that I'm very excited and but also kind of hyping myself up with music and memories because this is a trip down memory lane and it's full of herbs and full of herb adventures and even some of those herb adventures are really seemingly to be wonderful but also not really available to the public very censored these types of stories so me as an herb mom as a fifth generation herbalist i think it's our right to tell these stories without getting in trouble and lots of people have gotten in trouble before and even silence so here i'm going to tell my story and if you tell your herb story and they tell their herb story and everybody becomes an herbalist you don't have to have a big herb stories all of my little herb stories led up to my big herb stories and the big herb stories are nothing without the little I'm going to try this herb today. I'm going to eat this today. I'm going to go down this path that seems so dangerous and vilified and I'm going to try herbs and I'm going to trust my gut and I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to just like walk down this path with me and I'm going to tell you my story. And I'm going to tell you how I was force fed the herbs and how I didn't want to be force fed. So here's my herb story. Part one, feeling silly in the middle of the night, ready to talk to you about my herb mom adventure. I know there are millions of herb moms out there and I'm excited that you're here listening and that you're here sharing your stories and just the herb mom is everything it it's the whole community it's the family and then you get an herb dad and then you get herb kids and you get second generation third generation i was videotaping the other day about aloe vera and my granddaughter who's a seventh generation that we know of herbalist was telling me about the aloe vera to put in her kit I was like, hello, I'm so dang proud. Yeah, yes, not because of me, but because of her, that, that these things are gonna live on because we know, you know and I know, no matter what laws are, are passed or statutes or whatever it is that's going on, you and I know aloe vera is gonna live on I hope, because in some of the old books that I was talking about last time in the 1850s, it said every good housewife should know about hemp, and I didn't, and you didn't. But could you imagine if maybe in 150 years, 150 or 200 years that nobody would know what aloe vera is because they made it illegal? Imagine, imagine. 
Imagine, well, I hear it's on the shopping block because somebody from another country came into the FDA showing all of these incredible whole leaf aloe vera studies that, by the way, are super hard to find on the internet, but they're there, the whole leaf aloe vera, like the whole plant, like the whole leaf, the nasty part that takes it bitter, and there are a bunch of studies on cancer symptoms and all of these things in the FDA or whoever in their wisdom said, wow, if it has all these properties, then it should be a prescription. We should monitor this, right? And that's how aloe vera keeps getting looked at. And then over the years, they're just trying to suppress this information that really came out about this whole leaf aloe vera. So interestingly enough, there's a whole story behind it, but that's not what I digress. We're telling other stories. This is the story of how herbs take over my life. And really that's how it is. Do you see me go into this whole aloe vera thing? I can't help myself. Please save my children and my friends from herb stories. Sit here and listen to my herb stories and share your herb stories because I have herb stories coming out the yin yang everywhere I turn around. I'm thinking, oh, well, this is an herb thing. This is an, oh, this is an herb thing. So here they are. Let's start out telling this herb story about how herbs really changed my life and how it, it was just embedded. Really, I didn't find out that my great, great, great grandmother, who is Mary Ann Smith, you know, can see her on the internet and many of her journals are on there, but one of my cousins had got a hold of her journal that had talked about her being an herbalist and she knew 15 Indian dialects and she was white as can be. <laughs> she was just friends with the Native Americans and they taught her all of the different plants and things. Well, I didn't know this, but I knew my grandmother was really into it and she grew a lot of nasty tasting stuff and ate nasty tasting stuff and my mother for crying out loud she would go to the health food store the co-op with all the hippies where she was like my mother was not a hippie but she would go there and it was the best prices and she would they would tell her what to do and they would she would complain that they were long-haired hippies but they would come back with the herbs from her mother or grandmother or even give her advice on new herbs like golden seal root i don't know where that came from i have to ask her but man if you've tasted golden seal root i mean yeah well as a kid you just i don't even know you mix golden seal root with anything and it tastes like golden seal root so excuse me i even had to burp at the thought of golden seal root Oh, I love it so much. It just gets it. And you really got to think about golden seal root and you really need to get it ethically um, grown or ethically harvested because it's very much um, been over harvested in the wild. So all you golden seal growers, go for it. Go after it, people. People, go invest in golden seal farms. Go do it because golden seal is amazing for sure. And there's no denying it. And my mother used to mix it in whenever we were sick. She would mix it in with honey in a spoon or mix it in with water in the bottom of a, remember the old plastic Tupperware cups? Well, 
many of those were stained in the bottom with golden seal root. So we had so many and other things that she mixed together and did her thing. It was all yucky, but gosh, it kept a really hard working, struggling mom of six and a dad with, um, pretty much disabled doing the best he can do and mom trying to survive not taking us into doctors I mean they really truly if there was a bone poking out then you could go to the doctor otherwise <clears throat> let's just figure it out put a brace on it let's do something we figure it out we don't really go in because because it was a survival thing and it was the 1960s and the 70s and things like that. And so I really thought that my life would be different, even though I remember eating handfuls and handfuls of alfalfa tablets I, and liver tablets. My mom was really into liver tablets, I guess mainly because her iron was kind of low after having so many kids. But I ate lots of liver tablets, alfalfa, all kinds of things in the cupboard, all kinds of vitamin A and fish oils and all kinds of things that she could buy bulk online. And at that time, the purity was pretty good. I mean, it was just what it was. And I had these big older brothers and we would have contests to see who could take <laughs> more capsules. And I was up to like 46 in one like gulp, mm, a 12 year old go. But I was beat, I was trying to beat them, you know, it was crazy. It was, but nowadays, no way. So, but at the time it was kind of a big challenge and everything was in like little tablets or whatever. And vitamins were just really coming in and the synthetic stuff that really um, never did anything. Anyway, we'll talk about synthetic vitamins another time, but they had their chance. If they were going to heal us, they were going to heal us, babies. You know, come on. If the synthetic isolated ingredients that are made by laboratories were going to flip and freak and heal us, they would have done it. Didn't happen. Back to mother nature. Let's go people back to mother nature. Just think about it. Think about how can I get this in a whole form so it helps my body be better, right? How can I do that? Like vitamin C and isolated, or how can I get in a whole form, a lot of it, like amla, camu camu, you know, rose hips, like a lot of it where the body absorbs it instead of rejecting it. Cause you can only get so much over here when it's isolated. I think I, I think I went off on a vitamin C tangent, but that's the same principle that we are talking about with the difference between synthetic and the difference between natural. The difference is you don't need as much when it's natural and when it's synthetic, you need 10 times the amount and you pee it out. This is just like, we all know. So you want something that is more, even though the vitamin C's that you pee out is really great and awesome. And it does its job, boom, 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 boom. But we know you got to keep that amount up for that immune system to respond like that. Like, from what I understand, from my own listening to the research on it with vitamin C. Okay. And you get that spike and everything and you love it. And if you have it, like, especially during cold symptoms or things like that, I mean, just, yeah, you, there's no denying it, but really helping with that immune response longer 
is better in a food source where you're getting it in the food rather than taking it in a little pill or something else. You want to take it in a larger, in a food sense of it. And sometimes it comes in pills, vegetable pills, or however you take your amla berry or camu camu. You can take it in powder or just in capsules, but make sure your capsules are pure and not messing with it. And you don't have any flowing agents. Hello, stop the freaking flowing agents. Can I call all the manufacturers out on this right now? Right now, I'm calling y'all out. Stop it. If your machines have to use flowing agents, then your stuff's not pure and you have to put wax or I mean oil or whatever in them. Slow down your machines. Care about the herbs. Stop putting shiziz in the herbs. I mean, come on, I'll look up, I'll pull up a decent brand and I'm like, oh, green tea. And I pull it up and it's like flowing, a full of flowing agents in green tea. Stop it now. And what the heck coating are you putting on it? And for crying out loud, what about those capsules and the plastic bottles that it sits in? We just got to do better as an industry. We got sucked up into this thing of making it for Americans that are pretty and pink and lovely and little capsules and oh, make it taste good and no, come on. Stop, stop buying mass production herbs like that or even little herbs, herb companies that are doing that, tell them, tell them. I remember, oh my, my good friend, Becky, we came, we went to this natural show and we loved this company and they had the, oh, I really don't want to say too much here, but we loved them, but they had flowing agents in them. And we were like, come on, what are you guys doing? And they said, we have to, the manufacturer said so. And I said, no, the manufacturer can slow down their machine. We know we've had experience of it. Slow down your machine. And the next year to their credit, they came out with a, with their formula, which is number one in the world, I think for, and it came out with no fillers and they were able to drop it from four capsules to three capsules. Just because we were jerks enough, <laughs> me, I was a jerk enough. And you know, my friend Becky, she, she'll stand with me when I open my big, lovely mouth about herbs because I love that place. I love their company. I loved what it stood for. I thought good herbs, herbs all over the world go. A great herb company that was pure and everything. And they had fillers. I felt it in my civic duty. <laughs> I did. And it feels like a triumph to me. And it should, because that's something that you guys can do, that you girls can do, that you moms can do. Say something, say, I don't wanna buy this because it's got something I can't even pronounce on it. Please just put the herbs in it. It's like, there are some companies that really are there and you know, you know that they stand on that, that they're not going to have anybody mess with their herbs. And there are companies like that and you know them. And I want to list them here, but here's the thing. I'm a little edgy and I don't really want to um, point you 
to a direction that looks like I'm trying to sell you a particular product or my formulas because I'm not. I just want to tell you about herbs. I want to sell you on the idea of herbalism like, hey, you can be an herbalist. I can be an herbalist. And that's my point here. So, but you can get really good herbs, but to the manufacturers, be that be that raise it and you guys are you you're all voting with your dollar you vote by having cruddy herbs geez buy a bulk so much cheaper because you know how much insurance you have to pay to put it in a pretty little capsule a lot like 10 12 bucks a bottle when you really get going yes i'm not making that number up is an insurance once you put it in a pretty little beautiful capsule and do it in an FDA approved facility. Right. So here we go. Grow it yourself. Know your source. Get a capsule machine. Capsulate it yourself. Have capsule parties if you like it in capsules or buy it from a trusted source. But really, Push back on these companies that put fillers in there. They don't need to. You don't need to. I, even rice. Come on. Slow down the machines. Honor those herbs. Stop keeping their herbs in hot warehouses where the heat heats them up. I'm like, come on. They're losing the properties of that precious herb that if you keep your herbs in a cool, dry environment, they can last for 10 years at like over 90% potency. So um, I say this because a friend of mine told me that who was a scientist and I really have to find the information online. But when you find that, but really I believe that because I've opened herbs of my mom's that are really old. Brigham tea, oh my gosh, she had all, all of it beautifully canned and I took it out and made tea out of it and it was fabulous. It's fabulous, you know, if you know Brigham tea, my mom called it Brigham tea, it's squaw tea, it was squaw tea before it was Brigham tea. So squaw tea, or some people call it Mormon tea, the little sticks, well, it has a federine, a federa kind of properties in it. The federine is when they synthesize it. So the federa is the plant, the whole plant. And my mom always had it for, for um, all of her hay fever symptoms. My mom had a lot of those going on and she and her sister, my Aunt Lucille and cousins and everybody would go out and we would gather these big, huge bags of, of Brigham tea and bring them home and they would have them for years and my mom would can them. That's how important it was to her. There was always Brigham tea going on the pot. There's always Brigham tea in the refrigerator. My, my mom was really allergic to a lot of different things and, and her, they would really, really flare up a lot for her. And it really did help her. And she doesn't really drink it the way she used to. She's 88, but it, it really has been that Brigham tea. We gathered it and I don't even know. I went off the con, went off to talk about Brigham tea, but there you go. In the middle of the night, I'm talking about Brigham tea and I can't even remember why. So make sure 
I'm just a fan of Brigham T and it has to do with my story with mom, but I kind of went off. So let's get back up on the story. So growing up with herbs is just a normal thing with my mom. It was just a thing that happened. We would, and but I remember this transformative moment where I was just like with, I was kind of snarky with my mother. It was like, I'm going to do things different. I'm going to go to a real doctor, not realizing at the time, which is, 40 some years ago when I started having children, I, oh, I completely almost bankrupt the family with going in and out to doctor's visits for earaches and things like that. And I remember sitting in the emergency room with the, you know, sitting in the little place with my oldest daughter behind a little curtain and they come back with the same pink, beautiful medicine. Uh... <laughs> And I was like, holy cow, I got to do something different here. So I remembered my mom and I remembered her, the olive oil, the olive oil that we just like heat up and put in the ear. And I started going back to nature and I started trying it out on my kids. And I had a lot of kids and a lot of birthing experience. And during this time I was blessed enough to know Kay Bullock and I was becoming a braver herbalist but also training to be a midwife that I never became a midwife just for myself actually however did a lot of training during that time and really dug into herbs big time just really dug into herbs and truly even before honestly before I met Kate Bullock and was so blessed to have that experience um, I went I've got to go back to where I really was using herbs a lot, like really digging to herbs. And the reason why was honestly, I homeschooled my kids. I was really into homeschooling them, even though I didn't have much of an education at all. I thought that I could get people around them to educate them and they could, we could take them whatever direction they wanted to. And I'm so grateful that I did, even though it was so challenging for them. But one of the challenging things was their mother wouldn't take them to the library because we had so many fines. I kept losing my library privileges and I didn't have the money to put, to do the fines all the time. And we couldn't always find the books. So I decided, forget it. We're not going to the library anymore. We're only going to the library at the 10 cent or 5 cent book or 25 cent book sales. And you can ha each have a dollar or $2 for books. And that way <laughs> we could keep the books, maybe sell them at a yard sale, but also after we read them, of course, or pass them on to homeschoolers. But honestly, it was just one way for me to save on library books. So I really wanted to find curriculum for my kids. And so I went to these old books that were labeled quack medicine and it was doctor's book and I pulled them out and they had these pullouts of the body and I was like wow this is cool this is way pre-internet and everything and so I was like these are cool and they're 25 cents so I bought a whole bunch of them and I brought them home and darn it if those old medical books hey they had herbs in them lots of herbs lots and lots of herbs everything was herbs. If it wasn't homeopathic or obvious chemicals, it was herbs. I freaked out. 
it became my overwhelming passion to see what these herbs did. You know, I had a couple herb books that I really, really loved, but I didn't have them early on. And I knew what my family knew about herbs, but it was so interesting to see these turn of the century books full of herbs. And I still have those books to this day. They are my teachers. And um, they were just definitely considered quack medicine at the time. But they taught me and I learned from them. It was like the herbs spoke to me off those old pages. And I remember Culpepper in one of his statements. Culpepper was actually a wealthy dude. And he said he wrote down all these things about herbs for the good of humanity, the good of mankind. Uh, I'll have to get his exact quote, but I was like, go Culpepper. I don't know anything else about you, but go. And so that's us. We're going to be our own Culpeppers because we got to be able to tell our story because so many stories have been stopped in, in this arena. And so it's, it's time. So here I am going back to this experience of me starting to use herbs and I'm using herbs with my kids like crazy. And I look at these formulas and I think, man, these formulas are expensive in little bottles, these tinctures. You kidding me? 15 bucks for this little bottle. Boom. Give it to all my kids. Done. Out. Gone. 15 bucks. And that was a lot. Minimum wage was like three bucks then. Yeah. So no way. And I just thought it was a scam. All these formulas. I was like, no way. I'm going to just figure out the herbs singly. So I put together my little old herbal first aid kit and it had cayenne and echinacea and it had ginger and it had peppermint and it had peppermint tea in it. And what did it else did it have? It even had brigham tea in it and a tincture of lobelia and <sighs> what else? I, my original one had a lot of really just very single herbs in it. And I thought people could mix them together as they wanted to. And so I was using them that way and I was really in what my kids call the cayenne era. I had eras. I had a garlic era and a cayenne era where if you, when I was reading about cayenne, ooh, ooh, it was good for everything, which it really is. I mean, it is one of the seven healers of the world. Let's just be, let's just be straight about cayenne. Let's not underestimate the holy plant. I tell you, holy smokes, it's hot. Anyway, so cayenne, my cayenne era, my landlord comes over and I think we're living in California at the time and I am, oh, I'm usually pregnant, but I don't think I'm pregnant at this time. I think I had just had a baby and I was making cough syrup and I read in one of the old books to mix honey and I think, and my mother did this too. And so she would mix cayenne and honey and lemon or apple cider vinegar. So not, my old books usually reinforced what my mother had always done. So I made this cough syrup and I was like, dang it, this works so good, but on the kids. And so my landlord comes over and he goes, he has this horrible cough. I said, I have a great cough syrup for you. And so I pour it out. And I just remember it being red from cayenne. I mean, imagine me, I'm a brutal, I'm kind of a brutal herbalist with my kids. I, I just am like, if I can do it, you can do it. Suck it up. 
your coffin, here you go. So anyway, I didn't really realize that. So I made this beautiful cough syrup and I give him a spoonful and his eyes start watering, his face turns red and he starts, he said, your kids don't cough because they're afraid to cough. love you that man <laughs> he was awesome I dialed down the cayenne after that but when you like cayenne dialed up it's good stuff man good stuff well anyway that was part of my cayenne era and as you explore a cayenne here's my tip as I go by that milk or cream is will neutralize it in eyes or any other orifice where it's hot whether you eat it internally or it comes through, it comes through hot and it burns the, how do I say this? It burns the butthole. <laughs> Can I say this? Is this, is this how I say it? So, so it burns it when it comes through, if you've eaten a lot of it and you know, herbalists, if you have, ooh, ooh, ooh it smarts, get a little, get a little paper towel or cloth. Put yourself some milk, whole milk, or some cream in milk. Put it on your behind. Drink it if it's on fire in your tummy. There's just, that's my tip of the day. Put it on a cloth and put it in your eye if you're doing cayenne. And if you're capsulating it, holy cow, wear a mask and wear gloves because everybody's going to be crying from cayenne in the air. Yeah, it's just real stuff. So my a real real stuff if you take care of it and it's just really commands holy respect when you're using it but always have milk close by there's my herbalist tip of the day okay well after the cayenne era we had garlic era oh goodness i'm gonna i'm just gonna have to tell you about the garlic era so in studying garlic, my mom always loved garlic. My mom did a lot of garlic. We did garlic everything, garlic, garlic, garlic. And that's probably how she kept us so healthy and strong. And my mother to this day eats pickled garlic all the time. She takes fresh garlic cloves, puts them in a jar, takes her favorite pickle juice, pours it on, waits a couple weeks, eats the garlic. Yeah, it's bomb diggity, really. You can do that with honey or lots of other things, but this is my mom, like lots of garlic. And so for me, and my mom had garlic tablets, and I, let's see, this was this had to be in the 90s, the early 90s, where this was happening, and like early, early 90s, and uh, she had given me some of these little garlic gel caps, and they were super inexpensive gel caps, not like some of the garlic that is really well cared for and put in gel caps and things like these were just like really inexpensive gel caps and I didn't know the difference but I had my little son and he loved them in fact he called them footballs because they look like little footballs and he would chew them all the time and he had some immune kind of function stuff that from early on and this was just something that he craved I'm not kidding you. He would just eat them and eat them. We'd get these big jars in the big jar of them and brown, and he would just eat them. And my husband would walk in the door and just go, oh my goodness. It just reeked of rancid garlic. And I'm sure it was good for him in some way. 
I'm sure it was, but it stunk up the whole house. I tell you, it took me like six years to get my husband to eat garlic again, where I could do garlic. No kidding. Because it was serious, like we really did the garlic. It was on everything. I was I was doing fresh garlic and oil and putting it down their spine and on their feet, wrapping their feet in it, giving head massages with garlic oil. I mean, everything and anything that went wrong, I was going to put garlic oil on it. And you had got to keep it in the fridge. And it's awesome if everybody's doing that. And it, my garlic era extended later on when I discovered garlic shooters. And so my garlic era never, never ended. It's just the little rancid tablets and stuff like that. That kind of was my garlic intro as to trying to make it easier. easier. And then, of course, we came up with the garlic shooters. Well, we didn't come up with it. We discovered the garlic shooters thanks to Gilroy Garlic Festival, I think, recipes. And uh, I'll talk more about that later, but honestly, garlic shooters, they are where it's at. You got you got something going on or you need some love of that garlic in your body and you need it to work. So you're going to set up a little like cutting board and you put it out there and you take a few garlic and you smash them ahead of time because uh, all the magic happens after about 10 minutes. So sometimes you just let them sit there. And you get a little bit of water and you put your little shot glass there and you put your lemons and your squeezers. You got a whole garlic shooter station. And you go by every, however times, many times you feel like it. And you put a little fresh lemon, a little water, and then add a smashed garlic in there. Smash it all the rest of the way. And you shoot it down. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that stuff, mm -hmm. seven healers, that garlic is one of the seven healers, but also so's the lemon. Let me just tell you the magic that goes together. You see, garlic, <clears throat> the research that I was reading at the time with garlic was that they took a couple Petri dishes and they took a really strong bacteria and they put it in both and they took their strongest antibiotic and put it in one and put a clove of garlic in the other Petri dish. From what I understand, the strongest antibiotic took nine hours and the garlic only took like three hours. It was dramatic. Like we know the research on garlic. It's just crazy. And you can even download this research for free I wrote 17 full pages of research and information on just garlic. In fact, uh, who is it? In fact, Joan and Lydia Weiland wrote a whole book on garlic. It is something that everyone should know about. Everyone should have their garlic era and continue on with it. And when I show up with garlic, hello, I mean show up smelling like garlic i hope you're smelling like garlic too and then we won't smell each other so much right because garlic is that magical thing sometimes i hesitate to do it to do garlic because i don't want to smell like it and then i'm like dang it but if everybody just did garlic even garlic suppositories can i just tell you how good those really are great for cough symptoms I don't know, anytime I'm feeling like a little, <clears throat> see the Chinese, in Chinese herbology, they kind of believe that the lungs are like the, like the colon is the third lung, you know, 
Did I say that right? Yeah, the colon is like the third lung, so you got you don't breathe so good if your colon's all caught up or whatever. And there's just things that garlic can get to from down there where digesting through the whole body, it's just a different experience. So I take a clove of garlic. Thank you, Joan and Lydia Weiland, for giving me this tip. And you just poke it with a fork or a knife and... I just kind of crunch it up a little bit, put a little olive oil on it or whatever salve you got handy in the bathroom or wherever, and you slip that little sucker up there, pretty soon you'll be burping up garlic and that garlic will be going places and doing things that mm, maybe you'd have to digest a lot of garlic for it to go that far and it just really does some magic there. Not only, we're gonna to have to do a whole episode just on bum bum medicine, which, and bum bum medicine, I mean, that includes that garlic, but it also includes the ring of fire. We lovingly, my children lovingly named it, the ring of fire. Yes, I'm gonna to have to do a parody there with um, old Johnny because the Ring of Fire is seriously a garlic enema. That's what we call it at our house. And we call it bum bum medicine, doing enemas. It's an old tradition and I was freaked out about it myself. But when I saw the results of showering on the inside and where you're able to get, med get um, real herbs or nutrients in a way that sometimes you can't get it by mouth, Wow, some magic happens there sometimes. So we call them the big guns. And I just introduced you so, to some bum bum medicine and ring of fire. We'll be back to that later on. But it was kind of discovered around this time of garlic. And it just continues to evolve. Hmm, I digress. So back to the first aid kits. So I made all these first aid kits and I was trying them out on everybody and trying all these individual things. And I really was not into other people's formulas. And so I decided that I was just going to make my own formulas because the herbs were working well. They really were, were but it seemed to work well together. So I started experimenting with my kids and my friends and I would use the information from old books and I was all of this time I was just like really really passionate and obsessed about oh my goodness this is what my grandma was talking about oh my goodness this is what my mom uh, this is just like a way of life and I couldn't believe the information that was just coming to me. Now, I wasn't growing these. I am an urban herbalist. If I was trying to grow it, well, I never was. I was growing children. I was never growing anything. If I was going to go get it, I was going to wildcraft it the way that my grandparents taught me. My parents taught me how to do, really. And I'm just, I just never grew it. And I tried in a number of cases to grow different herbs, but I really needed a focus and not until most of my kids were gone was I able to even focus and grow an herb garden, which it's fantastic. Now I grow them and I'm just uh, amazed by every echinacea or every anything that comes up that I just love so much. And I go, this is mine. 
it's look at the valerian and i did it and me and mother nature and the saint john's wort came in my front yard and uh, i get so excited about them i really do because really where have i always seen them powdered or in cup form where i smelled and i got used to them um one by one and so there was no pulling the the wool over my eyes with herbs when I would order them in from mail order there was no internet it was mail order you sent a little you either sent cash in the mail or you sent a money order over and then they sent you the herbs back snail mail but even with all of that it was really exciting for me to try and do some of these other herbs and then I got to know really some of my cousins who had been wildcrafting herbs and their father had been wildcrafting herbs and they generously gave me sources for bulk herbs that they loved and things and I was just so blessed to be able to just put herbs together and I was fascinated with it just just fascinated anyone around me anyone around me was going to get my herbs and I was very, very excited about it. And at this point, it was just the individual herbal first aid kits or whatever. And we had moved from California at this time. And we were moving from California, actually trying to move up to Utah. But as it landed, we landed in Las Vegas, as Providence would have it. And it was a beautiful place for us to land, even though we weren't sure about it. And when we landed here, it was, it was, I was pregnant and I was pregnant with my sixth baby. This is Abigail. And there was really, we struggled with housing at that time, really being able to afford housing. And he had gotten a job, but the housing market was crazy. So we were really trying to afford something and we stayed with some friends of my sister's, which was remarkable. We love them. Oh, shout out to them for housing us and our little kids and five little kids. And while we painted a house and fixed up a house down the street that had been abandoned and that was kind of the whole story it had been abandoned and we had been working on it and so we worked on it for a while long story there and we can tell you more about that but that house was infested with bugs and with the big cockroaches of vegas you know and i really had never seen that before i came from sacramento and i was like oh i have never seen this i've seen cockroaches in the house and i've seen it but i never have seen this what was in this house and and so we would put all the card we finally got so excited to move in and we had you know cleaned cleaned it and painted it and done everything and put cleaned carpet used carpet and just cleaned it meticulously my husband's meticulous and we put it in we're so excited to move in and i go out at night and oh i just remember the crunch Oh, it makes me shudder right now. The crunch of those cockroaches underneath are the cardboard outside. When I would go out to the garbage, I was just like, what? And I remember my husband, he, cur he would 
get those big things of, of, of the roundup and the big things of the bug killer. And he would just like go over the whole thing. And we would just watch and at sundown when they would be coming out, he would just get this bug spread and he just like go, and we just, a sea of them would just go away from him. Oh, it was just infested. It took so much for us to kill weeds and kill everything. We didn't even realize what was going on with the Roundup and all of the bug spray when it was, oh, so much bug spray. Well, I was pregnant. And during that pregnancy, I developed a lump on my neck, on the back of my neck, and then under my arms and in my groin. And I had found Kate Bullock at this time when we came in town. Somehow we had connected completely on homeschooling and she talked to me for an hour and I fell in love with her and she became my heroine ever since. Anyway, oh goodness sake, she went through this pregnancy with me knowing, and she's the one that made me go into an oncologist, not even an oncologist, the doctor, her backup doctor. and. It went in and he wrote lymphoma on my chart. And then he said, I want to go right now across the way to the other, to the oncologist. And I was, I was like, I'm not going to do chemo. I'm pregnant. I'm not going to go do that. I don't have the money for it. I was just not going to do that. I just took the slip and went home. And they called a number of times trying to get me to go back to that. And I just finally said that I'm going back to another doctor because they had started to say, oh, you're endangering your baby. Let's take your baby so you can do chemo. You can get, you know, government assistance and some of those things. And so I had, uh, it's not that I really knew herbs would, could really and would really work for me at this time. I was literally pretty sure I was dying and I, and I was dying. My body was dying. And at that point, I just really, you know, started to focus on diet. What I thought was I went completely veg and tried to, no way could I do organic at that time. That was ridiculous. It was clear across town and it cost four times as much and I wasn't going to eat that and then not have my kids. My kids eat something else. But I have to say they ate a lot of mac and cheese as mom, box mac and cheese as mom ate stir fry veggies and rice usually or something like that. Just really trying to clean up my diet but not knowing how. I had no guidance and really what to do and the vegetarian thing was really it then and it was great as a cleanse at first and things like that but I really had I was very weak I was super super weak and so I Kay actually really helped me through this dramatically <sighs> yeah right before the baby was born I said Kay I can't do this I gotta go in I, I and I, I hadn't even focused and I, I was convinced, we were convinced the baby was a boy and we had called him Zephaniah after Kurt's grandpa and we had talked to the baby and it was really Abigail and so we were really grateful that this Abigail could stay alive thinking that I was only going to survive just a little while longer after the baby was born. 
because we didn't know anybody, but I knew people who had done chemo and they what they put their family through. And I was like, no, I ain't doing that. Nope. If you're giving me three months to live, which is what it really, their estimates came down to, if I didn't do anything in a year to live, if I did chemotherapy, I'll take the three months. Let's just have a healthy baby and not take this chemo, make do things that I wasn't ready for. And for some people, chemotherapy is just great. And if you have the belief system, but already my belief system on this, in the, in the 1990s, it was tearing me apart. I was not seeing the success. I was just like surrounded by people. And I was like, no, no, I don't know what to do, but I don't want to do that. And so during this time, my mom, well, this fully goes into the cancer story. So it's a cancer symptom story. Let's just be clear on how I need to talk about this because I need to be very, very careful as to allow this information to be out without it being triggered and triggering y'all. So I'm going to end this part one that kind of went off the rails a little bit to part two of my story. And I promise you, when I get finished telling my story, I'm going to interview a whole bunch of my besties, including my mom and all of whoever will talk to me about herbs. And we're going to hear their stories firsthand, firsthand on it. So for now, this is part one signing off. I love you for joining me, all of you herb moms, herb dads, herb folk. I really appreciate you. Go eat your herbs for crying out loud, especially the green ones. Bring Mother Nature back into our lives.